Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, we're in a series. It's entitled, uh, been, a, been a series the last few weeks, uh, 40 Days of Prayer. Uh, if you wanted to participate with us through use, utilize the prayer journals and did not have the opportunity to pick up one last week or the previous week, uh, we still have some back here. Hope that you'll stop by afterwards and pick one up. But uh, 40 Days of Prayer, and we've been in the middle of this 40 days. We're doing a three-week series in the middle of it that's called How to Pray Like Jesus. It's three weeks. We did first week uh, last week, and today we're continuing with part two. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to Matthew chapter 6. Hold that uh, passage there ready. Uh, as we discussed last week, not all religions view prayer the same. And I want to show you something uh, I learned, uh, just an illustration of this I learned uh, several years ago, a little about a decade ago from uh, our, our own Bob Wrench. I don't know if you know Bob or not, but Bob's parents were missionaries in Taiwan. He grew up there. And I want to show you these. This is, uh, these are uh, Chinese fortune-telling prayer blocks from Taiwan, is what these are. Uh, they're used in Buddhist temples as part of their prayer rituals. You uh, kind of express your prayer to the gods. You roll the blocks. And based on how they respond... Uh, you get your answer. If both sides are down like this, that means that the gods are angry at you. If both sides, the flat sides are up, that means that the gods are laughing at you. If one side is up and one side is down, that means that your prayer will be answered, which if you're a mathematician means that 50%, you get a 50% odds that your request will be favorably in the other side. And, you know, then if you're a into physics and stuff, you can calculate the reality of that uh, on, on a whole different level. But uh, kind of goes like this. I would like to, let's say, you know, I'd really like to have a new car. I'd really like that new car to be a Corvette. Please, please, can I have a Corvette? Can I have a Corvette? You know, so you kind of go like this. And the gods are angry with me. <laughs> so what you is two out of three. This is what you do, right? This is, this is the way that you, you go at this. Um, it's kind of funny, unless, of course, your prayer is more like this. My little boy has been diagnosed with leukemia. We need a bone marrow donor. Will you help us find one? Will you bring healing to you? A prayer like that? You really want to be doing, doing this? This is uh, what much of the world is doing. I'm glad that my God does not laugh at me, nor does he get angry with me for my petitions. In fact, when you listen to the teaching of Jesus, a very different viewpoint from our God's perspective. According to Scripture, he knows my needs before I even ask. And this is what he says to us in Matthew 6. Look there in your Bible or on the screen with me. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. Verse 7. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. And then He says, pray like this. And then what Jesus does in these next verses is He kind of gives us a prayer tutorial. That's the way I referred to it last week. And in particular, what I want you to notice today as we kind of go through this, I won't spend a lot of time on this language, but I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't give us the detail in this how to pray, in this teaching instruction about how to pray, what he does is he, he kind of gives us categories, categories of things 
to lift before the Father in a routine fashion. So Jesus says, pray like this, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food, or many translations say uh, the bread. Give us today the bread we need, the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And some of the ancient, earliest manuscripts say, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And if you get the New Living Translation, they sort of drop that little phrase out because some of the newer ones, some of the newer translations or uh, manuscripts don't have that. They don't all have that last phrase. But it's in the King James Bible because it was in some of those earlier ones. So, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I've included because it's there. Now, every one of us has been made by God for prayer. I mean, this is kind of the point, the premise I've been trying to communicate in this series. I mean, every one of us has been made for regular, consistent communication with God. And Jesus lays out for us here the seven primary longings and aspirations and hopes of every follower of God and categories of you that he wants us to pray through on a regular basis. We looked at two of those longings last week. Today we're going to focus on two more and we'll focus on the remaining ones next week, okay? Part three of the series. So, really, the third longing, if you will. Okay, this is week two. The third longing, because we did one and two last week. The third longing that Jesus addresses in his prayer tutorial is this. We pray to request our daily food or our daily bread. We pray for that purpose. Verse 11 simply says, give us today the food we need. Now, I want you to think with me, why do you suppose God, who knows my needs already before I ask, according to verse 8, why do you think we're to request our daily food? Just reflect on that for a moment. Do you suppose it's because we have a tendency to forget on a daily basis who is the provider of all those things in our lives? Am I the only one that can kind of get fuzzy on that? You know, prayer is a daily opportunity from God's perspective for you and me to humbly remember and acknowledge that our Heavenly Father is really the provider of everything that's good in our lives. It's, it's not your work. It's not my work. It's not our ingenuity. It's not our, our parents. It's not someplace. It, God is the source, the provider of all things. We need reminders of this and many other things. Just think of all the reminders. In, I mean, the scriptures are full of reminders because God knows we have a tendency to forget. We have short memories. So God, God gives us a reminder like communion, right? I mean, communion, it's a reminder on a regular basis whenever we gather together of the price of our forgiveness and the one who made it possible. So we take the bread, we drink the juice, and we eat them, drink them, and, and, and pause to remember his love, his sacrifice. If you really study scripture on the subject of tithing, and to a large extent, God's idea behind it was it's a reminder. It's a routine reminder when we give, set aside 10% of our income for him, for his work. In doing so, it's, it's, a, it's a reminder of a financial nature that the source and provider of all of our needs is not our work or our ingenuity, it's God. It's God who's made all of that 
possible. And in a similar fashion, when Jesus teaches us to pray, he's saying, you know, pray for your daily food because it's a daily reminder that our provider is our heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us. And you might say it's not all that important to remember that, and yet it's so important. In fact, it's an area where Satan will test the faith of every one of us, and he certainly did Jesus. If you remember or not, but if you go back to Matthew 4, Jesus in the wilderness. Remember the, the exchange, what took place there when Jesus was te uh, tested? He'd just been baptized. He'd come up out of the water. The Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. And the scriptures say in Matthew 4, verses 2 and following, For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. And during that time, notice the scripture says, The devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of of bread. Now let's just pause right there. Tell these stones to be loaves of bread. It's fascinating to me. This is a temptation to Jesus. It wouldn't be a temptation to you because I or, or me because I couldn't turn a stone into bread, right? It's a temptation to Jesus because Jesus could. I mean, think about this. The scriptures tell us in Colossians that in Him, in Christ, all things are held together. He He spoke the word. Light came into being. He spoke the word and animals came into being. He spoke the word. Man came into being. He was in the beginning and the, the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. It's, it's all description in John 1 of Jesus. This is Jesus. So the devil's tempting him. You see what the temptation is? Towards self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. To lean on his own resources and abilities, and not his heavenly father, because in, in flesh he was subject to the weaknesses that we have. Notice what Jesus says, verse 4. No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, Jesus was quoting a passage from Deuteronomy chapter 8. I don't know if you've read it before or not, but these verses, verse 2 says, Remember, Moses is speaking to the people just before they go into the promise. And he says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years. I, I think he says, Remember why? Because they'll forget. They're just like all of us. We're no different. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live, here's the quote, by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord and then he goes on and explains, For all these 40 years your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't blister or swell. Moses and Jesus' point in Matthew 4 when he quotes this to the evil one is this, God is the great provider of all things, including your food. I, I love this Deuteronomy passage because if you notice at the end, uh, it, it even says that their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't blister or swell for all those 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, just think, I mean, apparently God can provide that too. He can provide a whole lot of other things. 
God is the great provider of all things. And maybe this morning, some of us, we just need to remember that. We need to be reminded of that. Because there's something we lack, something that's missing. And just as Israel was tested a bit by going hungry, and then when they would seek God, He would provide. Maybe, maybe this is just a little test of self-sufficiency for you, and the Holy Spirit has given you opportunity to look heavenward and to ask for your daily bread for a word from the Lord for your life. I want you to notice in this uh, very same passage, if you look there at verse 11, it, it says... Give us today, see that? Give us today the food we need. It's interesting that the emphasis is on today's needs, not tomorrow's. You look at Matthew 6, verse 34, just a few verses later in the very same chapter, probably Jesus finished teaching about you know, prayer, and he went on to talking about worry and anxiety. In verse 34, he's talking about that. And just a few verses later, he says, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for, day. it's for today. It's, it's as though he's just sort of saying, you know, focus on today. Focus on your needs today. Seek God you know, for your provision. So we're, we're to pray the number third, third longing that we're to pray for that Jesus highlights is our daily food, our daily provision from God. And the fourth longing, according to Jesus' prayer tutorial that we're to pray for, is that we're to pray to request forgiveness. It shows up in verse 12 there where he goes on and he says, Forgive us our debts, or as the, the King James says, or forgive us our sins, and we have forgiven those who sin against us. We're instructed to request to be forgiven by God in the same manner, to the same degree that we forgive those who sin against us. Now, that's a bit of a dangerous kind of way to pray. I mean, you think about that. If we're to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us, what if we... What if we really haven't forgiven those who've sinned against us? It, it, it kind of, it's like putting a wrench in the spokes of a bicycle. You know, it's kind of, it, it's, there's a problem there. You see, what's happening here is Jesus is introducing his followers then, his followers now, to the spiritual law of forgiveness. I mean, we're very familiar with natural laws of the universe. You know, the natural laws govern the speed of sound, the boiling point of water. I mean, there's all of these natural laws we understand reflexively. There are spiritual laws as well. And one of those spiritual laws of the universe is the spiritual law of forgiveness. Jesus is teaching it here to us. As we forgive others, we ourselves will be forgiven. Read verse 12 out loud with me. It just says, Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. That's the request that we're instructed to, to bring before for God. So my question for you is, how have people sinned against you? How have you been sinned against? 
I mean, most of us don't want to think about that, do we? I mean, we really don't. We go to great lengths to shove these things from our mind, from our awareness, from our consciousness. But are are there those who've lied to you or lied about you? Are there those who've stolen from you? Maybe someone's cheated you out of a promotion. Maybe somebody's physically hurt you. There's a long list of ways that you and I are sinned against in the course of daily life. The question is, as it pertains to forgiveness even, have you forgiven those folks? You see, God's not asking you and me to forget. Sometimes we think forgiveness is equal to forgetting, and it's really not because, I mean, we're not wired to be able to forget per se. I mean, forgetting is a health condition as you age that's a problem, right? We know that. This is, we're not wired to be a forget. So God's not asking us to forget. He's not asking you and me to be best friends with this person or those individuals. He's not saying you got to go on vacation with them, you know, or go, go to the grocery store every time you go to the grocery store. You got to call them up and go with them or something. That's not what he's appealing to here. He's asking, will you forgive? Will you, to the extent that it depends on you, live at peace with this person? Will you let go of the offense and the consequence that it's brought into your life, trusting that God will fill the void, the pain? Will you pray for God to forgive that person, to transform them, to bless them? He's asking you and me to forgive and let go. of justice, our right to justice. I mean, if you watch in the media today, you look at our world today, uh, there are people bringing up stuff decades old on other people, right? Is that a picture of forgiveness? You could argue, well, what if... I just, I'll just use the, the obvious illustration. We've got a woman who's accusing one of our potential Supreme Court justices who's been nominated of, of an offense for 36 years ago. Hasn't been talked about since. You could argue, well, he hasn't repented. He hasn't repented if he did it, okay? He hasn't repented. If repentance is required for you to forgive somebody, that's a problem. That kind of thinking is justified. We use that to justify unforgiveness in our lives constantly, in our world. And God is waiting for you and me to forgive, regardless of whether the other person has repented. Because here's the point. The other person doesn't deserve forgiveness any more than you and I deserve forgiveness. This is the problem. We, we just don't think, we don't think this all the way through. They don't deserve forgiveness, and neither do I, neither do you. None of us deserve forgiveness. And God, who is just, if he's going to stay just, has to forgive us on the basis of whether or not we'll forgive. It would be unjust 
for him to forgive you and me if we from a place of humility don't come to a point where we'll forgive. So Jesus is addressing this whole matter of unforgiveness and I think it's fascinating. It's a, he teaches us to pray this way, and it's a part of the categories, or the, the longings, the, the needs of every follower of God because he recognizes that just as we need food on a daily basis, I, most of us, we need to forgive on a daily basis because sin happens on a daily basis. We sin. Sins against us happen routinely. We've got to let go of this stuff. We've got to let go of it. So Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And as then, I think recognizing the fact that this would, would run contrary, we'd be resistant to this idea. When Jesus finishes his prayer, his tutorial, in verse 14, he adds this thought. He comes back, he cycles back around to this. And he adds this, he says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But then it's like he looks his disciples in the eye and he says, but if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father, your Father will not forgive your sins. I guess the thing that troubles me about that is that there are times when you listen to Jesus and you say, wow, that's, that's an interesting thought, and then you go on uh, because you can't fully grasp it. This is one of those thoughts that is very dangerous to do that with. So I plead with you, I appeal to you, listen carefully to what Jesus says. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, and remember, he's not saying you've got to be best buddies. He's not saying you've got to forget. What he is saying, though, is that you've got to forgive, and if you will, he'll forgive. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is such a big deal that this morning, as we share in our communion time in just a few moments, I really want this to be a focus of what we're going to do here in a few moments. Our ushers are going to serve us bread and juice in just a moment. Symbols of the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. The, the bread is his body, which represents that. that was nailed to the, the cross. And the juice is the blood of Jesus that was shed. That, that sins might be atoned for, that they might be cleansed. The guilt, the shame might all be atoned for and cleansed. And my invitation to you, and I think it's God's invitation to every one of us this morning, is to spend this time saying, you, Father, I have these needs and bring them to the Father. And it's, maybe it's bread for your table, or maybe it's something else. I don't know. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a relationship that's on the rocks. Maybe it's something else. Bring to him those things. He'll hear your prayer. He is the great provider. I mean, he will, meet, he will meet today what you need for today. 
He will do that. But spend a few moments as well saying, Father, who do I need to forgive in my life? And I just want you to ask that question and be still for a few moments. Just listen. If he brings a name to your mind or a face, or maybe it's already come to your mind, um, you need to spend a few moments just praying, Father, I know this person has sinned against me. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's somebody you work with, whoever it is, a parent. You've had a hard heart, and the Holy Spirit is just giving you this opportunity this morning to make that right. What do I mean make it right? It's not going to solve all of that, but what, every problem that's there. But what it will do is it will tear down a wall of unforgiveness, begin to do that. If you'll just say, Father, I forgive blank. Or maybe you just think, I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can really authentically pray that. Here's what you do. You pray, Holy Spirit, help me to forgive blank. That's a need. God will meet your need for today. Just seek him for that. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. We're going to pray for a few moments and then we'll share in the Lord's Supper. Heavenly Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your kindness toward us. You've not left us as orphans, but in fact, Lord Jesus, you taught us how to pray and you recognize that we're weak and we have daily needs. You have made us by design dependent on you. And we're grateful for your faithfulness. We're grateful for your provision. You are the source and provider of ideas that we take credit for so often. You're the provider of health and strength and all of life. We honor you for that. Right now, Lord, as we pray. Listen as each of us just lifts up to you some of the needs of our lives right now. Just hear, hear these needs as we pray. So right now, just this moment of silence. Just express to God maybe some of the needs that you have in your life, okay? Just take a moment and do that quietly. Then we'll continue after giving you a few moments of silence. mercy on us, Lord. Would you provide for our needs? We'll honor you. We'll recognize that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. We thank you for all the blessings in our lives that we often take for granted. We are undeserving, but we're thankful that you are merciful. Forgive us for our many sins. For our many omissions. 
Father, help us to forgive others who sin against us, who omit appropriate things. Maybe it's affirmations that we deserve. Maybe it's something else that we're entitled to, or at least we think we are. Lord, help us to forgive. And right now, Lord, would you bring to our minds any individuals, institutions, groups of people, bring to our minds anyone that you would have us to forgive. And just spend these moments, everybody, just articulating to God forgiveness. Just say, you know, I, I forgive blank for the pain that they brought into my life, for the disruption. I forgive them for not being perfect any more than I'm perfect. forgive. Lord, we thank you that you've said that if we ask for your forgiveness, you'll grant it to us if we forgive those who sinned against us. I request now that you would meet us in our Lord's Supper in the communion time, that you'd remind us of the pain, the difficulty, the challenge, the triumph was involved as Jesus hung on a cross with people mocking him and abusing him. And yet he prays, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Help us to walk in the footsteps of our Savior, our Master, our Lord, our Creator. Father, help us. Would you meet us in these moments, Lord, as we take the Lord's Supper? We promise to give you credit for every good thing that happens, for walls of unforgiveness that are torn down, for healing that begins, transformation that results. And Father, we pray for blessing on those who've hurt us, transformation, for deliverance, for, for your help for them. Because we need your help in us. Meet us in these moments. This is our prayer. We lift it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to encourage you, if you haven't already picked up one of these little devotional guides, you can grab one after the service, 40 days of prayer. I think they're, uh, I think they cost us seven bucks a piece plus shipping. So, Give us five or ten bucks, whatever you can do, and then that'll be great. But inside of it, each week, it's 40 days of devotions. Like this is just the one I opened up to when I grabbed it. Day 21, the passage is, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Matthew 6.34, sound familiar? It's an opportunity then for you to just journal a little bit about it right here and not feel like you have to write a novel but spend a few moments in time just praying and just to strengthen your prayer life 
is what we're offering these for. So if you haven't, don't have one, uh, you can grab. We got a few more th uh, this morning, and uh, several have already gone. Hope that you're taking advantage of them, those of you who have taken them. If you missed a day, don't get hung up on that. Just pick up the next day, and uh, your prayer life will grow. Hope that, uh, hope that you're blessed by doing this. If you need prayer for anything afterwards, we'll hang around. If maybe you need to commit your life to Christ. You just recognize that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. That's why Jesus came. He wants to help you with that. So let us help you with that. Maybe you get some other need. We'll pray with you. Try to encourage you in the right direction. Okay, let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person within the sound of my voice. I thank you for their life, that they're here for a reason. You've created them in Christ Jesus to do good works, which you prepared in advance for them to do. They've been made by you. Their life expectancy is not 70 years, it's eternal. Thank you for that. Thank you that you can do above and beyond anything that they could ever ask or imagine by the work of your Holy Spirit's power within them. Thank you for that. Thank you that the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world, that you, Holy Spirit, plus us are a majority and nothing is impossible for you. We thank you for that. And so, Lord, as we live our lives this week and as we're guided by your spirit, help us to represent you well everywhere we go. Help, we, help us to speak like Jesus would speak, to love like Jesus would love, to serve like he would serve, to pray like he would pray and to become more fully like him. We were made for that. So go with us now. May your blessing rest on all of us. We rejoice to be your children. It's in Jesus' name that we lift this prayer and everybody agreed with me and said, amen. 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 Bless you all.